Hello and welcome. My name is Alex MacPhail and this is High Performance Teams. I'm a former aerobatics display pilot from the South African Air Force and I love talking about high performance teams, what makes them work and what we can all learn from them. In the show, we talk to race pilots, professional sportsmen and women, entrepreneurs, comedians, performing artists and more. Please enjoy and remember to subscribe. It's my privilege and my pleasure to host you today, Dr. Anton. Thank you for making your time available. Please introduce yourself and tell us how is it that we can create a tough team for these tough environments. Hey Alex, it's good to uh, connect with you. How are you doing? I'm doing so well. It is a difficult time, but I really appreciate every minute that you can spare. I know you've been bombarded. You're one of the key people that are sharing the, the great messages of holistic health and well-being. So what are the tips that you could give us considering the, the tough environment we're in now today? Yeah, you know, I think uh, leadership will uh, attest to one thing, and that is that uh, being in leadership, um, you're always going to have tough times and slightly tougher times and way more tougher times. I think that's the whole point of being in leadership is to steer big ships in rough seas. And uh, my uh, team is a high-performance team um, that deals with high-performance individuals. And um, we have a facility in Rosebank. Um, in Johannesburg, where we do an extremely comprehensive annual holistic medical um, for company leadership um, that goes, it's, a, it's, it's the true um, concept of interdisciplinary work. It's not multidisciplinary. There's actually a, a difference. People don't even know this. But <laughs> multidisciplinary is actually in silos. We take the concept of interdisciplinary work to a, a new level where all this, the, the, the people that work in our team, and I'm going to describe to you, to, to you just now what they are, but we try to bring this whole thing together in, in, in true collaboration okay. um, where the execs then come in. Okay, great. So it sounds to me like you're operating in a teamwork, but your target market is, uh, is once again, the executive, the leaders. You've mentioned before that you look after mm. some of the top CEOs, executive leaders, and senior management of some of the largest corporations, the banks, the mining industries in the country. So what recommendations and tips do you give uh, your, your clients, and how do you operate as a team to deliver that message to mm. your clients too? Mm. Mm. Well, I think um, describing our process is maybe part of, uh, of, of understanding what we try to impart to our execs. And firstly, it is that you, despite your age, you need to um, come for a proper assessment once a year. When we say proper assessment, in our, our terminology, that's a six-hour visit. Wow. So we, yeah, we have Sounds our like a flying medical. kitchens. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I think we maybe just take it a notch up uh, from that. Um, so what we do is, is we've got food on site and we, we try to get our execs, when they come in, we try to um, take the blood on site and we do a, a, quite a big panel of blood tests that looks at many systems in the body. We do it on site. We've got special um, agreements with uh, laboratories in our area. So we get our blood results in an hour and a half. They okay. treat us That's like wonderful. A, like a, yeah, you you got to do that. And they actually treat us like a casualty department. So many times I tell some of my execs, you know, most of them are in good shape, but some of them, you know, <laughs> I have to treat like casualties. I have to, to deal very quickly. 
Okay. So, so we do that, and then we start with a extensive process, um, where which includes stress ECG done by a biokineticist. Now, let okay. me just say, in my team, this interdisciplinary team, let me maybe um, describe them. I've got a, a, a registered nurse. I have biokineticists. I have dietitians, registered dietitians. Okay, wonderful. Um, I've got my, myself and another doctor, um, and we have psychologists, and we have sports physiologists. Um, and I'll explain to you now why we have those guys wow, on that's the site. A, that's a comprehensive well. team, wonderful. Well, okay, so if I can just add here for a moment. So in my reading and research and experience, I, I love high-performance teams and, and what they stand for, what they do, and taking the lessons out of high-performance teams to, in order for us all to learn. I mean, there's some great example of yep. high-performance teams out there, the, the Mercedes AMG team, Team Sky Cycling. There's some wonderful examples mm-hmm. out there. And to distill it down into some, uh, the basic concept of what they do well, high-performance teams use a simple principle called incremental gains. And that can be broken down into three stages, essentially. The first stage is thorough preparation. The team's not going to arrive at the event mm. without having done all the groundwork necessary to be prepared for the event. Mm. When you're in the event, it's the execution with precision. And after the event, and the most important phase now, number three is the review. And the review is such that you can look at your own team performance and improve it such that tomorrow you're better than you are today and you're not really interested in the competition, it's you against you of tomorrow. Mm. Does any of that resonate? Mm. How does that fit in with your process in your team? That's actually a very good reminder just to, to remember that, 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 that an interdisciplinary approach like ours is not just medical people. Um, we, you know, to, to get executives to actually have space in their calendars to do something like this, we have a full-time bookings person that speaks to personal assistants every day, five days a week. Okay. Just to get the guys to, this is part of the preparation, just sure. to get them there. And I've got a, I've got a strong complement of experienced um, administrative staff from the people that host on the, the premises to the guys that have to write and collate these reports. Because, I mean, now you've got all these reports from all the disciplines sure. that have to be put together. So it's, um, I, I nearly forgot the rest because, I mean, that is the whole, actually the whole team. It's not just well, the the medical practitioners that do this. Wonderful. You've got the staff that have to prepare the food and they have to prepare food that, that fits the ethos of what we do. Sure. Um, so I can't just uh, give, give a person a whole big nice bowl of cornflakes with a bowl of sugar and some milk and say, yeah, have your breakfast. <laughs> it sort sure. of has to, has to fit the ethos. So, sure. so I mean, so that is, that is our team. I mean, and the preparation starts months in advance. We take bookings months in advance. Um, we actually had quite a few bookings now for lockdown that we had to reschedule um, okay. for two different times. So should I maybe run through our process? To, yeah, to give s- us a sense of, uh, uh, yeah, the person arrives, uh, let's say the, the chief executive of Standard Bank arrives for his medical yep. and it's first thing in the morning and he's welcomed in the door. How would that look? Yeah, so we've got um, ladies that then obviously are aware of the fact that he's coming. We, we've been uh, alerted to the fact and uh, so they know when he comes, who this is, um, why he's here, and uh, he's then ushered through and we do a blood test. We've got a few very interesting machines on the premises that we know very few clinics have in South Africa, but we do antioxidant screening. Um, so we go beyond just doing blood tests. And okay. when all these tests are done, then most uh, we would take them through. Most of the guys are fasting. They 
technically should all be fasting. And then um, they gratefully receive uh, their first meal of the day. Um, uh, like I said, that fits our ethos. And then from there, we take them through to run on the treadmill. Okay. And this is now where our biokineticist comes in. Where and this is a these sessions with these individual um, medical people are all forty five minutes long, okay. so we really try to be thorough. It's a it's a stress ECG on the treadmill. It is a lung function test or spirometry, but it's also flexibility analysis, which um, some of the guys really don't in, they don't enjoy doing doing that <laughs> flexibility analysis. <laughs> Because many of us sit in front of our computers and just get stiff all day long. Sure. And we also do a full body composition. Um, uh, we don't believe that just doing a BMI is sufficient. It actually is good research that shows it's not sufficient. Okay. We need to do a full body analysis. We measure the waist, the hips. We do fat percentage. So that us clinicians can look at this and, and tell a person, you were here last year. We've been seeing you since 2013. This is your sixth or seventh visit. You have gradually been picking up weight or okay. you've gradually, your waist and hips have stayed the same. You've actually gradually lost a little bit of fat percentage over time because of the increments of weight training that you are doing. Okay. You have so to be to... thorough like that because you've got to get into the nitty gritties and the detail of this. Okay. Then after yep. doing that, after doing that, um, by then I've got all my blood results. Then, and, and, and really, for me, this is um, the, the, the most wonderful thing, to, to be a doctor and have this pile of information that was taken now. Okay. So, I mean, I've got a human sitting in front of me here. I, I want to give them the best possible opinion on the day now. Sure. So, I, I do a full examination, that everything that's, that's necessary, and we sit down and we look at everything. We look at the bloods. We look at how the bloods co correlate with the history of their diet um, over the last year, the history of their travel. Now, I mean, you are flying <laughs> a lot of these execs all over the world, and sure. it's very difficult for them. They, 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 it disrupts their routine. It disrupts their diet. And sure. the more they travel with, with you, Alex, the more I see it sometimes, not in all of them, the more I see it in their stats. Okay, that's interesting. So you build up a nice case file on that. If that client stays with you over a four, six, eight-year period, then you get to see the trends and you've, you've got all their information. Mm. So bringing it to, to like the travel of today now, obviously there's quite a, 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 a the aviation industry for passengers is all but finished right now. However, there's definitely a spike mm. up in, uh, in cargo travel. And one of the things that we've come to see, you may have been aware in the media, that um, there's a request to get some people that are stuck in certain countries repatriated and also a request for some airlines who are not flying passengers to repurpose themselves as cargo operators. And uh, South African Airways has had some, some inquiries and there's a bit of research on the go now. So talk us through the idea of going into China, going to Germany, going to the United Kingdom in this day and age with your idea of holistic healing and, and you, the recommendation and the tips that you've, that you've uh, shared already on some of your great YouTube videos. As a pilot, as a frontline operator, as part of this high-performance team, this, these SWAT teams that are going out into, the, into these hot zones, if you, if you like, what are the, the tips that you would share with, uh, with those team members? Mm. So I had a very similar phone call a while ago um, from a company called Skitter Blink, 
they were um, asked to clean the, the, I think it was an Airbus that came back from China with the guys that were in Wuhan. You'll now know what model it was, but SAA flew back that group of South Africans that went to the lodge. And I think their total quarantine time is something like 81 days or something yeah. um, like that. So I had a very similar discussion with this. And I think um, if I have to now sit down and me and you are going to have the session anyway, you know, if you're one of the pilots that gets selected. Sure. But we're going to look at your general wellness because this is the whole point. The stronger you are, if you get coronavirus, you, the stronger you are, the weaker that virus is going to survive in your strong body. This is a principle that that is valid. It will always be valid for any virus. If you are stronger, the virus is going to suffer. And we, okay. see, we see that and that's why older, weaker people are really hit hard with coronavirus. So in your case, I would give you all the tips that you find in my videos to stay hydrated and especially you pilots because you're in a low humidity environment. Those airplanes are, they, 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 they vacuum sealed or they airtight sealed. So the air conditioners are just so much more effective. They drop the air humidity to 10, 20% where room humidity is 40%. Okay. That is the first mistake that people make when they fly. So I want the pilots have to, um, have to drink water. I mean, this is a very important thing that you need to do. But then you need to internally have an immune system that is in the ready position. Not 70%. You need to be ready. And that's why you can't have too much sugar. You can't um, um, eat high sugar meals, um, high carbohydrate meals, because a single high carbohydrate meal where you overload your system is going to suppress your immune system. The research about this is clear. Even a, a massive meal per se, that's why I tell people that rather have smaller meals as you go through your day, your immune system is going to love you for that. Um, avoiding too much dairy. I mean, you can't sit there on the plane drinking glasses and glasses of milk as you now travel to uh, Germany and China because you're going to thicken the slime in your throat, in your sinuses, and you're going to just increase the intake of allergens. Now you're keeping your body busy dealing with all this bovine dairy allergens just not, I, I don't know if you pilots sit there and then drink glasses and glasses. <laughs> it's more like milk. cups and cups of coffee with milk, but perhaps you'll ration the <laughs> no. milk down a little bit. <laughs> Maybe you. just, you know, just pull it back a little bit. And and then there's uh, there's so many wonderful things that you can do. But in my in my video on the weaknesses of the coronavirus, I think this is maybe something that I that I have to mention specifically. Sure. Is that the coronavirus? And, and, and I actually I get I can't help but get a smile on my face when I talk about this. But the coronavirus is has a weakness um, to vitamin C. Now, you know when I when I say this to my doctor colleagues, I say just don't don't please don't think I'm being trite now. You know, but it's actually the truth. And the weakness that it has is in its mechanism. This is a beautiful piece of science because the coronavirus is one of those viruses. It's not the only virus that does this, but it turns your body's defenses against yourself. Okay. So basically what happens is your own white blood cells produce way too much of the chemicals that they, that they use to protect you. Okay. And eventually people that are weak, they get something called a cytokine storm. Wow. Those cytokines, okay. they're yours, they're there to protect you. And vitamin C interrupts that process um, that coronavirus wants to trigger. And that's what uh, vitamin C has been doing forever. And we've, uh, the research on vitamin C goes back to 1930s. And in my video, I speak about the 1930s, 1940s. But specifically in the 1970s, we started understanding 
how the right dosage. It's all about dosage here. Okay. Because, I mean, it doesn't help. Your doctor says, listen, you need to drink your hypertensive medication. It's a tablet a day, and you whack it in four, and you drink a quarter a day. Yes. It doesn't work that way. And pharmaceutical medication is concentrated, so it's a small amount. But a, a natural medication like vitamin C that has scientific evidence behind it is something that has to be dosed correctly and it's slightly larger dosages. So, okay. so this is what, what, what the two of us are going to still talk about. <laughs> okay, so I think there's a, there's a possibility here that we, 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 we can dig deeper on some of these specific areas. You mentioned a couple of things, but also I just want to get to some of the comments that thank you for you guys sharing your comments now. So some of the questions that are coming through are, uh, I don't think you can see it on your side, is one, uh, do you think the coronavirus will be cured? Because people who are cured are still vulnerable. Uh, so what is your thoughts on that? The second one, second question that's come through from Ryan is, what is your opinion on taking the flu vaccine? But uh, just while you mull on those two things, I just want to highlight the two things that stood out from what you just shared with me now, which I find is good, is this baseline health. Essentially, your view as a professional, as a holistic uh, wellness specialist, you know, you, you deal with the, the, the top execs and Every day, the downtime of a top exec is a massive impact on the, on the, the functioning of that business. Yep. So you want to really make sure that this doctor spends as many days at work, not sick, as possible. And that's, that's where the baseline comes in. So if I can equate that to someone who owns a, a vehicle and doesn't service the car for the next 10 years, and all of a sudden, when a crunch time comes, oh, let me, let me just do this a major service, it doesn't make the car better because you've taken years and years hmm. of pounding and just chucking it a, a, a layer of paint or a, a right. blob of oil doesn't That's actually right. fix the solution. And you can't just pump the wheels. You've got to change the world. You've got to have a look at the tappets. You have to make sure that the, the head gasket is okay. That you have to look at all the facets of the human. Okay. So, okay, right. so, we've got, so would you like to try and uh, tackle any of those questions? Do you think coronavirus hmm. will be cured no. and because people are still vulnerable? And what is your opinion on the flu vaccine? So the coronavirus, the human body is, gonna, is already curing it. And okay. um, that's good news. The thing that we see with an actual illness um, is the more a virus circulates in, in the society and the more it passes through human hosts, there are two things that happen. Firstly, the virus starts mutating. And we've seen this with previous coronaviruses. There's many, many, there's a lot of research about that. So eventually, the, the virus does start mutating. And in many cases, it gets weaker. So I'm still digging through old research on the coronavirus. So watch this space. I'm hoping to make a video about that soon, about what we learned from uh, previous coronavirus uh, um, outbreaks. Because coronavirus is it's a group of viruses. Um, so the humans are, are curing it at the moment. The human body is curing it. That's the, the human body is the best curative agent against anything. Because the, the human immune system is complex, it is sophisticated, and it can do the job. But you as a human, you have to make sure that your body functions properly. Oh, that's good. When it, comes to the flu, yeah, when it comes to the flu vaccine, at this point in time, I'm looking at research about three f uh, different published articles on the flu vaccine and a, a period of time where you lose a little bit of um, non-specific immunity. So okay. I'm just asking my patients to just hang back a little bit before they take the flu vaccine because that also is going to put strain on your body now and okay. you don't want to make yourself slight, uh, a touch more susceptible. So just hang back a little bit. A little bit. Let's just see what happens the next uh, uh, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, and then you can go to your doctor and just get their opinion, is it the right time? And there's actually published literature that I'm basing my, my decision on. 
um, that my patients was just, just hold back a little bit. Let's just, okay. my, you know, don't, let's not put any extra strain in our bodies just yet. Sure. All right. That's good. Thank you for answering those. If there's any final questions, we're coming towards the end of our time. Dr. Anton, I know your time is, uh, is very valuable and every minute counts. You've, you've told me already you've been inundated with people trying to just get your opinion and uh, you're making your own videos, making information readily available for the people. That's wonderful that you share that insight. Um, just before we, we take a last question, I just want to know, how has it changed for you dealing with your execs right now? Are you still, are you doing video conferencing with them? Have you put a pause on that? What is the situation with the, the executives? I mean, they're continuing to do Zoom meetings, etc. Are you still interacting with those clients? Hmm. I'm interacting with uh, the clients that I already know I have an established relationship with. So some of them, if they do want to do telemedicine consults, they are contacting us. So we are continuing with telemedicine consults, but that's more for the, the personal medical related issues. If guys are okay. worried about coronavirus, they book the telemedicine consults with me and we discuss their symptoms. And then I've got chronic um, patients. Another part of my clinic is chronic uh, illness. Okay. So I look at the chronic illnesses uh, and those guys, they from all over the country. They're actually from all over the world. I've got patients in the U.S. So we definitely are doing telemedicine consults. Okay, that's great. So I've uh, got one last question that's come through uh, from uh, Fran. He says, do you know how many people are asymptomatic or what percentage of people are asymptomatic with uh, COVID-19? Um, so I don't think anybody knows the answer to that question exactly. <laughs> All I can tell you is, is that the Diamond Princess cruise ship, where they had 3,700 people on the ship, yeah. they had about 750 positive cases, and okay. half of those positive cases were reasonably asymptomatic. Um, so okay. and that's the thing with corona, and that's the thing why our stats are actually skewed. You know, sure. so if, if someone uses the word fatality rate with coronavirus, I say, hang on, hang on. <laughs> we actually don't know how many people have it. Yes. Uh, I think it's five times, some estimates are that it's about five times more people um, that have it that are, that are being tested for it. Okay. So you, did I hear you correctly? You say about half of those people. So we could guess anywhere up to half the population or, or half the sample size could be asymptomatic. Mm. We are, and we are guessing. Yes, obviously, it's, all like that, that, that it's, 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 so, it's so fluid because as with any new vi virus uh, that moves and through the system, and it's, this is not the first time, but with every virus that moves through the system, we're learning. Every day we're learning and we're learning. Sure. Listen, um, Dr. Anton, just a, a final thought from you, please. Um, what are the, the, the key tips? Uh, how can people get hold of you? Where can they see your, 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 how can they reach you and ask you some questions? You have offered your information very freely and it's very kind of you. Mm. Some people would like to know just a little bit more about their basic healthcare and, and uh, wellness. Would you like to just share any contact details where they could find you? Um, on Facebook, it's uh, at Dr. Anton. So the doctor, you just have to write out in full, D-O-C-T-O-R Anton. Okay. Um, I've got a Twitter handle, which is dr underscore Anton, and I've got a uh, website as well, which is just www.dranton, written out in full. Um, there's also a, a YouTube page, which they will find, and I try to release videos on a regular basis to Correct. answer the questions before they come. I try <laughs> my level best, and then uh, as the questions come in, and, and I'm, a, I'm a touch overwhelmed at the moment, but I try to, to catch the questions, either write a reply or I, I collate the questions and I'm, I'm preparing new videos as people send me questions. So 
I really want people to communicate with me and that then gives me the information that I need to make more uh, uh, informative videos. Okay, great. Well, we're going to connect all Dr. Anton's videos in the, in the show notes below. Uh, you can subscribe and have a look. Please uh, subscribe to this channel. We're going to talk all about high-performance teams. Thank you so much, Dr. Anton, for your time today. It's a pleasure talking to you, and uh, I'll be seeing you soon for my consultation before going into the war zone. I thank you for your time. Let's do it. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I'm excited to have you on this journey with us. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review, and remember to subscribe to the show to catch weekly episodes so that you can build your high-performance team.